Welcome to episode three of Existing Con Animo. In today's episode, we're going to talk about spirituality on your own terms. I'm Nayeli. I'm Dinae. So this episode is not meant to offend anyone or to, um, I don't know, like talk bad, badly about things um this is just a chance for us to kind of talk about our experiences with spirituality um and to kind of talk about how we have come to to be spiritual beings on our own terms and kind of what our journeys have looked like exactly yes that's very important thing i think to a very important way to preface this episode um everybody's experiences are different in like the same religion, they're gonna be varying experiences. And, and you know, that's no secret. Um, so definitely this is an episode to approach with an open mind, a kind, a compassionate heart. I think that the, the reflective nature of not just existing, but especially about a spirituality um, is really important, like to constantly reevaluate what we believe and why. Yes. Um, so if nothing else, yes. there's that. Constantly reevaluate what we believe and why I think is like for me now, very important. Uh, and it's something that I do a lot. Um, the, the high control religion I used to be a part of, that was kind of not encouraged. Um, Definitely, it was, it was not allowed, but they wouldn't say it that way. Like, yeah, it was just not encouraged. Um, and so, and so then me, who's always been that kind of person who's always like critically thinking and questioning ever since I was a kid, I always had a lot of guilt when I would have those moments to myself, right? Uh, that I would start questioning and then I would feel really bad about it. I remember one time I was, uh, we were at my grandma's house where we would spend most summers and a, a cousin of mine asked something about um, God but it, it was like, it was, I remember it being a something like dowdy. And then um, one of my aunt, or, I can't remember if it was an aunt or uncle or my grandma, told them, don't ask that. You're not, you know, you're not supposed to question. And then I don't know why I remember that so clearly, but more than likely it's because even as a little like 10 year old, that didn't sit right with me. I'm like, why can't you question that, you know? I mean, more than likely, I also had my own questions and doubts, but I know that if I were to ask, I would get in trouble, right? Um, yeah, so when you said that, constantly reflecting uh, on it, that, that really strikes a chord with me because that's always been so important for me. And I think that's what finally led me to uh, break ties with the high control religion that I used to be a part of. And I call it a high control religion because it really is high control. There's this uh, thing called the bite model. It's Stephen Hassan's bite model. Uh, it's basically a model used to figure out whether a religion is high control or not. And the religion I used to be a part of, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they hit all the points. So that's why I call it that. Um, and not just me, like other individuals um, do. So that's why I say that. And, and, it, and the, it rings super true to my experiences, right? So we were not allowed to do so many things. Um, I was one of the lucky ones because I was never like baptized as a Jehovah's Witness. Because when you leave 
as a baptized, you lose your entire family. You lose your, all your connections. You're not like no one's allowed to talk to you. You're 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 um, shunned 100. So that's why I say I'm lucky because since I didn't get baptized, I was able to just leave without anything crazy, you know. Um, but there's people that um, my experience with them was really bad. Um, but compared to other individuals, it's it's 10% bad of them. Like I would never want anyone to think that um, my story or whatever, which I'm not gonna go into detail anyway, is as bad as it gets. No, it's light. Mine is light. There's people who have um, a lot worse experiences and they have big platforms online where they share that. And so, you know, people should look into that if they, if they want to. But um, my experience is just mine and it's chill compared to others. Um, especially people that were actually baptized. I was baptized Catholic, like every other Mexican baby out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I was baptized Methodist, actually. Okay. Or maybe, you know, that's a good question. And then maybe I was like re-baptized Catholic. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I, now that, like, I, there are baby pictures of me, like, getting baptized. being baptized, yeah. but I don't know what church I'm in. Um, <laughs> That's really interesting. That, and I just realized that right now because when I started going to school, I went to Catholic school, private Catholic school, and I went there until I was in the second grade. So I did, you know, like the, the beginning of the seven sacraments in the Catholic religion, right? Like I did um, confession, I did communion. Um, I didn't get confirmed when I was 16 like I was supposed to because mm -hmm. I had this really wild... I'm going to tell the story. Okay, so I yes. had this really wild experience trying to get confirmed. And as a 15-year-old, you know, we all know what it's like, right? Being being a 15, 16-year-old. Um, I, I still am like a 12-year-old boy when it comes to some humor. But um, <laughs> Same. I, I was trying to get confirmed, right? And so I think it was once or twice a week after school, right? I would go to, to my local parish and... Um, a local leader, I don't know, she wasn't like an ordained anything. Um, she was like someone's mom, right, who was teaching us the, the confirmation class. And on our first day of class, we showed up and um, she had plastic baggies and a loaf of bread. And my chunky ass was like, oh, we get snacks, right? <laughs> like, I should have bread some peanut butter, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, how interesting. Like, I, I guess she's gonna put the bread in the ziplocs for us in case we don't finish them i don't know so anyways we're there in class and she gets one slice of bread and she puts it in a ziploc bag and she closes the ziploc bag and she's like this is my my slice of bread and i was like okay cool right she gets another slice of bread puts it in a separate a separate ziploc bag and she zips it shut and then she gets a third slice of bread puts it in a ziploc bag leaves it open so there's three slices of bread in bags. One of them is zip shut and she keeps it. One of them is zip shut and she starts to pass it around. She goes, everybody can touch the slice of bread. You can't open it, it's shut, but you can do whatever you want to the slice of bread. So we're a bunch of 15, 16 year olds, right? So she passes it around. And at the end, right, it's all, you know, like smushed up, right, whatever. And then the third slice of bread is open, right? It's in the Ziploc bag, but it's open. And same thing, she, she passes it around. She goes, y'all can touch it. You can put your hands inside, whatever you want, right? And we're like, okay. So at the end of the activity, I'm sitting there like, so I don't even get snacks, right? And I'm like, whatever. And so she goes, okay. So in God's eyes, this slice of bread that is in the Ziploc bag that has not been touched by you all is a virgin. This is a girl 
who followed God's will. Why did I feel it was going that way? And didn't let boys touch her. And then she goes, and look at these two, look at these two slices of bread. The one that was open and the one that was sealed. She goes, this is a girl who didn't go all the way, but did everything else. The one where the Ziploc bag was shut that we touched. And here's a girl who went all the way. The one where the bag was open. She goes, they look basically the same, right? The slices of bread are all gross, even though you could, you could open one bag and you couldn't open the other one. She goes, so this is why abstinence is important for young ladies in the room. And I'm over here thinking about, and the young men, why is this not both men and women? Why is this only for girls? And bread, really? And bread. And so after that activity, I went home and I said, hey, mom, I don't know if this is for me. And I kept going for a couple weeks and that was the first day. So you can imagine what ensued. <laughs> that was the first day. That was, and so, and so I didn't get confirmed. And I said, you know, if this is what I'm learning about, you know, I mean, whatever. Don't sign me up. <laughs> so I actually ended up at a private Catholic university for my undergraduate degree. And I got confirmed my freshman year of college. Um, and it was a very different situation. The university that I went to was very social justice, liberal artsy. Oh, nice. And so the <laughs> the confirmation program there was very different. Okay. <laughs> no, no bread in Ziploc bags. No bread in Ziploc bags. Um, and I felt that as an 18, 19 year old, I was much more equipped to confirm my Catholic faith, which is, which is very interesting. Um, and very important. You're older, you're know a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I understood a, a little bit more about myself and mm -hmm. about what I believed in. Yeah. I mean, this was 10 years ago, right? So this was still a long time ago. Right. And I, my, my views have changed drastically Even since. since then. Yeah. Um, but, um, that's kind of where I came from. Um, all throughout high school, I would go to Latin Mass by myself. There was something about Latin Mass in particular. Um, the homily is still given. The first, second reading in the homily is still given in English or in Spanish, depending on if you go to Spanish or English Mass. But everything else is delivered in Latin. And there's something about that that just, like, like I could feel the Holy Spirit, for lack of a better term. Um, and I haven't gone to church in many, many years. Um, but, but in high school and when I would come home from college the first couple years, nobody went with me. My family was no longer church going. Um, but Sunday mornings at 7 a.m., like that was something that I felt was very important to me just to to ground myself. I love that. Um, in what I was trying to do yeah. in, in this world, right? Um, so that's some history, I guess, about yeah. like, my story with yeah. organized religion, with different versions mm -hmm. of spirituality. And I'm sure that's like, one small version or like one small peep into it because usually these things are very complex very complex yeah very complex yeah um yeah i was catholic i was baptized catholic uh you know i have a madrina and a padrino and the church i was baptized in um it's is the one that's there in reynosa okay born in reynosa and that church is really special to me even now like even though i'm not catholic or anything because my mom and my dad got married there it's close to the it's right by the plaza where my mom and my dad used to hang out when they were dating the movie theaters next to it and they used to go there when they were dating um like i said they got married there i got baptized there the the only time i remember going to catholic mass um was once when i went there with my dad so it's like uh and my dad died when i was seven and so and i think at that time i was i went with him and i was probably like probably like four or something right before we came back we came to to the u.s it's a special um very special place for me uh 
regardless of it being a Catholic church or not. But but still, the fact that it is a Catholic church and it's still a very spiritual and beautiful place, even in even in a spiritual respect, because I mean, I don't have to be Catholic to appreciate that that is a spiritual holy place in the history of my family, you know? And, and so it, it is a very beautiful place to me. Um, one of my tattoo sketches, I don't have any tattoos right now, but I have like four sketches that four tattoos that I want. One of them includes that church, actually. Really? Yeah. How, how is it or what is it? Um, it's called Parroquia de Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe. So if anyone wants to Google it to see it. And the people that are familiar with Reynosa probably know which one it is. It's really pretty. I really, really love this yeah. uh, church. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've never identified as Catholic. After my, da my dad died, that's when my Jehovah's Witness family really went hard with like, come on, go with us to church. Um, because they were like, you know, the big promise with them is that you're going to live in a, like the world's going to turn into a paradise. And then the people that you love that passed away are going to come back, live with you and, and everything will be great. Right? So okay. like when you're an eight-year-old, when you're a seven-year-old, I was seven when my dad died, and you just lost your dad so quickly, that's like, that sounds nice. And also when you're like my mom, like a, a brand, like a brand spanking new widow who just lost her husband. Then after a while, my mom stopped going because she didn't like a lot of the behaviors that she saw. After she's like stopped going, I still kept going. And then so from like eight years old to like 21, it was on and off and until I was like, I think 16 to 21, I started getting more serious. And then I think 18 to 21 or 19 to 21, I was real serious about it. Like I was like, I want to get baptized. I'm going to start, do I started doing, like there's several things you have to do before you get baptized. And I started doing uh, one of them, which was uh, you had to give like little speeches. They were like little scenarios of how would you preach to people? So I started doing those. And then the next step, you're going to do door to door preaching. And I was like about to start that. And that's when I really started questioning myself. Um, uh, no, that's not when I started way before. But when I was getting to that point, I was starting to really just be like, wait, 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 Nayeli, are you serious? Like you want to get baptized? Like, you know what this means here? You know what's at risk, you know what the things that you're supposed to believe, all the things you've been questioning since you were like nine. I got to a point where I was going just because I had so much guilt about not going. And because all my family from my mom's side are very into it. And they, um, I always wanted their love and approval. And the way to 100% get it was for me to be baptized and be in, in it. That was the way that I, they were like, when I was like in it, like, really following it and doing the things they would say you're doing a great job and they would write me letters and they would invite me to things like I was I felt their love and then whenever I was like before it got to the where I was being more serious like before when I was on and off they would always be like oh why are you not like studying they call them studies and you need to get a study we can send you a teacher it was kind of like I feel like they were disappointed in me and that made me feel bad so 100% for me it was always that I wanted their approval until I finally said, dude, if they don't want you for who you are on your own terms, why do you want anybody's love if it's not 100% authentically because you are you? You need to stop this. One of the very last, they call them meetings. 
that I attended. I gotta talk about this. I went to church this one day. There was a, a speech that the elder was giving up on the stage. And so the guy starts talking about, and I don't remember all the specifics about what that specific talk was about, but I remember the following line. Fathers, we have to teach our daughters to be submissive to their husbands. We must train them while they're young and while they're still in your home to be submissive. So when they get married, they are trained and ready to go to be submissive to their husbands. And I am sitting there thinking, Danae, I was looking around thinking, am I the only one here? Because I straight up thought, am I making this up right now? As I'm sitting here, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I was like, surely I will look around and other people will also be disgusted by what they just heard. And so I literally looked around like this pistada and I'm like, is, is he saying what he's saying? And you think it wouldn't get worse, but it did. And then he says, he tells, he's like pretty much like addressing the, the, the fathers, right? He's like, tell them. And this is when I feel like he's pointing at me. He's like, tell them. And th this was in Spanish. I'm going to say what he said in Spanish because I remember it. He said, Díganle a sus hijas, sujétate. Tienes que ser sumisa, sujétate. And he's pointing. And I'm telling you, I was like, he's pointing at me. Why did I sit middle center that day? I shouldn't have. And then I'm like, are you kidding me? You're straight up telling like you're even giving us the scenario where you're like, sujetate. You're gonna talk to your daughters that way? Wow. Oh. Thinking about it right now, I just wanna yell. And then I'm there thinking like, as soon as he was done with that little part, that little scenario, I was like, what are you doing? And another thing is, I don't know why I was so surprised because none of that was new. Like I always heard Women must be submissive to men, like in those exact words. Cause you know, I hear a lot in a lot of churches, I've heard also like the man is the head of the house or the man is the head of the woman, which is another perspective and still bad in my opinion. But when you say it from women must be submissive, I think that's, that sounds even more like controlling, controlling and terrible. And so that was, um, you know, the, the favorite of what I would hear in, in, from those el from the elders uh, at that particular church. And so, so like I said, I don't know why I was surprised to hear that. It was just this particular elders delivery on that day. It just was the culmination of what the fuck are you doing here in Ayeli? I really believe that the universe was like, you need to just hear it again in this way in this manner like the way he was speaking this elder was so rude and mean it was so unloving that i feel like maybe you needed to just i think the universe knew like you need to hear it this way because you know what you want and this is going to finally convince you of it that's wild yeah i think we all have stories from being younger mine is just one kind of moment so I don't know anything about Catholicism now, um, but 20 years ago, when I was in private Catholic school, we would go to church. I was in the first grade, and I was either in the first or the second grade, and this was the year that Bush was running against Al Gore. And 
we would have to go to church every Tuesdays, like to mass, right? At school, because I was at private Catholic school. I wore the plaid skirt and everything. Okay, real cute. So we went to church, and this was during the election. And I remember one of one of the fathers, and I remember who he is. I'm not going to say his name, whatever. I actually really liked him. I thought he was a good dude. Um, my seven-year-old me, um, eight-year-old me. And I remember he was like, okay, your homework for today, first graders, is to go home and tell your parents to vote for George Bush. Say it with me. And we're like, vote for George Bush, right? He said, do you want to know why? And we're like, why, right? And he's like, because the other guy wants everybody to have abortions. What that means is that when babies are still in their mommy's tummy, they go inside and they rip out pieces, arms, legs, la pancita. He's like, yes. And this other guy just wants people to kill all the babies when they're still inside of your mommy's tummy. So if you want people to be safe, then you need to tell your parents to vote for the other guy. And I was like, man, that's dramatic, right? So I go home and I'm like, hey mom, uh, I, I need you to vote for George Bush. And she was like, why? And I was like, because if you vote for the other guy, uh, and he's seven year old me, I'm not sure how articulate I was, but my mom right, still right. remembers this. And, and I was like, no, if you vote for the other guy, he's gonna make everybody have abortions, right? And they're gonna rip the babies out. And she was like, from who? And I'm like, everybody. <laughs> from who? Everybody. <laughs> everybody. So, and I remember at that point, I was kind of like, man, I don't know how I feel about this, right? Um, and my mom, that's when she was like, you're out, right? You're out. She took me out of that school. She was like, no, no. You're not going back. Um, there were other reasons. It was expensive as fuck. Yeah. But also, you know, my parents got a divorce. We couldn't afford it. And she was also like, I don't need anybody telling my seven-year-old yeah. who to vote for. <laughs> you telling me who to vote for. Reflecting on that, you know, I, I tried going back to, to church, to that same that same parish. I do feel a connection to it. I do mm. still go light candles there. Mm. Um, there's some beautiful grottos at my parish mm. that, that I go to, and I, I do feel a connection. Um, but I went to Mass maybe five years ago. I think that might have been my last time going. And it was, unfortunately, it was during... Okay, so no, I guess this was longer ago. It was during um, the, the first time Wendy Davis ran for governor okay. against Greg Abbott. And um, I was on the one of the Wendy teams here in the mm-hmm. Valley, right? Um, I didn't get to meet her or anything. But I, I went to Mass just because I felt a need, right? Mm-hmm. I, and, and, and I recognized that feeling of yeah. like, of looking for peace, um, of, of, of looking for, for a way to develop your faith, right? Which I think is, we'll get into this eventually. Yes. Um, but I was looking for that and, and, um, I, I went to, I was going to different churches looking for, for that space for myself and I kept going back, right? To the place that I've been going since I was baby, right? To, to where my, my formative years were to where I, throughout high school, I would go to Latin mass and, and I went to Latin mass and the homily that day was about how Wendy Davis had an abortion and about how Greg Abbott, you know, is is the right guy because he it, there wasn't so much he's a man, it was more he holds the values that that we as Catholics want. Right, right. And I didn't leave during mass. I I left afterwards and I just felt so mad. Um at a lot of things, right? And and I remember it. That made me think about you know um, my my experience as a first or second grader, and yeah. I was like, man, they're still on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, recent politics will tell us that we're still on that, right? Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I remember thinking like, and that's the thing that we focus on, right? Instead of focusing on, you know, like loving people and, and how to live good lives and how to care for people and how to live like Jesus. And instead of, it's like, we'll do a reading and somehow every reading that manages to come from the Bible connects about anti-abortion, right? Yeah. And it's like, I don't think that's what Jesus was talking about. Yes, exactly. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, I, I, I haven't been back to mass since that. Man, like talk about politics being so ingrained in, in, in spirituality. Um, and I think for me, like trying to find that peace that I'm looking for, you telling me who to vote for doesn't get me there. Oh yeah. Um, and I think there are ways where the values that you share as a church community will indicate the way you vote. Right, right. Without having to, to tell, right. Um, so I guess that was my like grudge, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. And and I I get frustrated sometimes because I'm still looking for for that okay. that that peace that space where. And I'm not sure if it is Catholicism or not. I, I have my venture with with like a mixture of Buddhism and Catholicism in, in high school as well. Um, but I think like I I have no better word. To, to describe like what I feel like I'm looking for in spirituality than, than like a piece, right? Like mm-hmm. that it's like in your chest, right? And it's like um, a chaos that I would like to settle. And I feel like there are moments where spirituality or versions of spirituality mm-hmm. can get me there unlike anything else yes. in this world, right? Yes. I think it does that for people. Yeah. Whatever your religion or, or spiritual beliefs, religious beliefs are, it, religion does that for people. Faith does that for people. It gives them a peace to that storm that is within them. And a lot of people do find that. And I think that's a great thing. That's a super important, necessary thing for people to find that in their belief system. Um, the, I think that it gets problematic when you try and like shove it down other people's throats. Or like try to like force other people to believe the same thing, um, force other people to like follow the rules that you're making. Um, that's when I think it's complicated. It's like, hey, what works for you? That go for it. Like that's your thing. Do it. Exactly. But like you don't have to like create legislation. Create even if it's like whether it's federal rules and legislation or just like congregation meeting parish uh, wide. It's like. Like, no, don't keep it for yourself and, and preach your thing. People will come to your church, but then don't force them. You know what I mean? Like, that's when I think it gets complicated, but it's, it is important and beautiful and necessary, I think. And from what you said too, like for people to have that, to be able to find that peace. I, I'll admit, I have such an intense jealousy uh-huh. of people who can, for lack of a better term, who can so blindly follow right um a certain organized or non-organized religion but who have this faith and who that faith sustains them Hmm. right like that is enough right they do not need anything else they're they're not worried about things right because they believe Hmm. that this thing will will do it for them and and their needs are not really like they have needs because they're human right but like you know like all in god 
right? Like mm-hmm. everything is in is in his hands, right? right? Um, and so I find that I, I find that so beautiful, and I I do get very jealous, like when mm-hmm. when I when I hear people talk about it, but when I when I feel it and when I see it, okay. like how people are just like, yeah. it's all good if if that's what God wants, that's what God wants, and I'm like. How though? Yeah. How did you get there? You know, like <laughs> yeah, what? I see, I see, yeah. So one thing I want to talk about is the, the on your own terms, like where basically, like where are we now? Like, um, are we? And you can answer as much or as little of these as you want. But I'm wondering, like, are you still looking for a religion or a church? Are you still? Um, identifying as as Christian or you know Catholic or whatever. Um, what does your spirituality look like now? What have you shaped it into? I guess I can start a little bit. We can go back and forth because yeah. I, I I don't know if I'll have like an exact answer. Yeah. I think this is very malleable, depending on what my soul, what my existence needs in that moment. Um, and I think that that's okay. I think that, and, and organized religions will fight against this. You can't just hop around, right? Right. But I think that you have to figure out what it is that you need to nurture yourself in that moment to give, to, for me, to give myself that peace that I'm looking for. Um, in college, I had this one experience where um, I was on a service break. They called it an alternative spring break. Um, ASB. So for spring break, you would go do kind of like service. Um, and I went to Denver, Colorado, and we were working with people experiencing homelessness at the time. I was praying with a group of people. And those of us who were like college students who were on this service break experience, um, we were at this home. We were having dinner with the group of service break volunteers. And the first time that this ever happened, so this is, this is also the year that I'm getting confirmed in, in my in Catholicism college, right. in college, in college yeah. which, and I think it's so important to mention that like that version of Catholicism is so wildly different than the version of Catholicism that I grew up with. Right. So I think that there's ranges and there's spectrums in all organized Definitely. religions, right? Yeah. Which is important. So she began the prior, the prayer. She goes, okay, everybody sit down, get comfortable. And this, this, this person who was leading this prayer, she blew my whole mind. And I wish I knew who she was just so I could reach back out to her. I think about her all the time. Oh, I love this. Um, and she was wearing overalls. Um, and she didn't have a shirt on underneath her overalls, which I just thought like, you know, 18 year old Danae was like, what? Right? Like just blown away by her entire being. Um, and we're sitting in this dark room and she goes, okay. She said, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Um, she said, you know, it's, it's, she said, I, I want to acknowledge that it's going to be a blend of maybe what some people might understand as prayer. Some people might understand as reflection. Some people might understand as meditation. She said, I'm kind of just going to talk with the universe for a little bit. I was like, what is she doing? Right? Like I've never heard of this. And so I'm there and I'm like, I'm supposed to close my eyes. No, I'm watching her. I'm like, what is she doing? Right? Um, and she begins, and these are the words that changed my life, Naila. She goes, Mother, Father, God, I would like to take a couple of minutes to speak with you this evening. And no joke, I just, I'm gonna cry. Like, I just started crying. Because until that moment, it had not occurred to me that I could substitute the word Father with Mother when thinking about God. I love that. And ever since that moment, like i don't necessarily preface my quote unquote prayers you know with Mm -hmm. mother father god but when i think about it 
that idea of God being outside of gender, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I do believe in a God, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't know if it's my Catholic guilt or not, but I do think that what Jesus means to the world is very important, right? Not this idea that like I'm absolved of all my sins so I can go do whatever I want, but this idea that like there is a God that does deeply love. Yes. And that we can exhibit that love to each other. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yes. Um, you talked about tattoos earlier. So a couple years ago I went with a dear friend of mine to get her first tattoo. And she has a tattoo on the bottom of her foot and it says, Love immensely. And the tattoo artist asked her, love immensely like what's up with that and she goes well um i was a double major in religious studies and psychology in college and i'm catholic and if i could put into words what the bible says in two words this is what it would be and i think about that all the time right because Mm -hmm. like that's what she gets from it love immensely Mm -hmm. like that's what it is right um you have your your parish that you want to get tattooed on your body. Mm-hmm. When I get my first tattoo, I would like for it to be in Latin. Quitolis peccata mundi dona nobis pacem. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, grant us peace. Because to me, that's what it is, mm-hmm. right? That's the spirituality that I'm looking for, mm-hmm. right? So I don't go to church anymore. I do sunrises at South Padre Island. And I take some time to just like express gratitude Mm -hmm. to mother, father, God. Mm -hmm. If I can't make it to the island, I like to just take time to be alone outside. I do think there's a connection between like nature and myself and God, right? And, And this idea of like connectedness and how that can lead to internal peace through love and I hate the word love because like I think of like eat pray love or I think of like family God love on some Karen's wall <laughs> but but I think you know like I think that there's something to it right like if we think of the different words that people have for love what who is it was it the Romans that have like agape that have oh, like yes. the different loves right I think that that is so important for us to understand and like what it means to live our daily lives thinking about that I love that. Everything you just said, so much of it resonates with me. I think maybe that's also why you and I get along so well. True that. It's one of the things I love about a lot of things. Um, man, that that ex- moments like those are beautiful. Like that one where you said y'all sat down for a prayer. Like moments that are just like open up something in you. You're like, I understand. You just put into words something that I have understood and felt, but didn't know how to articulate. So it like resonates with you like in this beautiful, amazing way. I love hearing things like that. I used to believe God was a man sitting on a throne and always depicted as light skinned and always depicted uh, also in like uh, gray white hair, right? Um, I remember very well one of the pictures I would see when one of the books say like angels and bright light in, in heaven like that. I don't see God that way anymore, um, especially uh, not as a man. Um, I don't. I don't think that God has a gender. I don't believe it in, in that way. Um, and when I open my prayer, it's always these three at the same time, or it'll change up. Uh, universe, Mother Earth, great loving energy. Yeah. Now I identify as, as Buddhist, not as Christian anymore. 
um, just as as Buddhist, and I won't go into like the details, but at the like the main thing that got me interested in in and that made me feel like Buddhist was that I love this idea of the liberation from suffering, which is like at the foundation of of the beliefs. I love the focus of Buddhism, the focus of healing yourself to avoid hurting others. Yes. So much of the hurt that we put on other people is because of things that are broken within us. Insecurities we have, traumas that we have, and knowingly or unknowingly, we bring it out on other individuals. And this will happen at a small scale and then up to like a global scale. And I think that that suffering within ourselves is within ourselves is the thing that fuck shit up for everyone else around us. And so I think that, you know, bringing it back to like yourself, hey, you're suffering. Can you heal? How can you heal? Can you start to heal so you don't hurt others around you as well? So I love that's one of the things that pulled me um, to, to, to Buddhism. Um, you're some, some years ago and not looking for a church. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I don't see myself ever returning to any kind of organized religion. I, you never know, it might someday, right? But I don't, I definitely don't see that. I don't plan that. I don't, I'm not interested in it at the moment. I, I do look for community, communities, whether it's one-on-one -on -one, where people are comfortable talking about their spirituality and how they got there. Because yes. um, I feel like when people find out that you're not part of the exact organized religion that they are part of, they're going to go pray for you as a sinner or as a heathen, but they don't really want to engage with you about it. Right. Right. Or um, if, if people are atheists, and they see all people, all believers as just like idiots, I don't think that's productive either. Oh yeah. Right? Um, and I really do, like, I wanna, I mean, I wanna make it clear, like I super respect a lot of religions. Yeah. Um, there are some that are just like harmful, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I just stay away from those personally. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that it's complicated because People have to learn to think critically for themselves. Yeah. But when you're hurting, when you're at a low point and somebody comes at you with all this love and all of these promises, and maybe you're not at your full mental capacity, you're gonna take the help, Yeah. right? And I think that it sounds so ugly to think that people are preying on those who are hurt um, but I also think another layer of this that is super complicated is that like love means such different things to such different people. Yes. So like exactly. in the Catholic community, right, they truly feel that they are coming from a place of love yeah. with these anti-abortion restrictions. Right. They truly feel like they are coming from a place of love with homophobic talk and mindsets. They truly feel like they're coming from a place of love when they're talking about you must procreate to spread the word of God because they believe that there are these set rules and there are these set things that need to happen to go to heaven and they want for people to get there. So I think it's very complicated for me to understand one, why I'm right, right? Like, why is my version right over your version, right? Why, why you know, and, and, and so yes. I get really caught up in a lot of these, especially 
when learning about like other Middle Eastern religions, right? The way that they see women, what liberation looks like in different spiritualities, especially for women. Um, it's very complicated to me because I'm like, if we all believe that we are loving each other in the way that we believe is loving, who am I to tell you that that way is wrong? Mm. Um, and if that's what brings you peace, like I'll say things, right? Like, I don't know how you can sleep at night knowing that you're, you're spewing that BS, right? right? But if that's truly what brings you peace and what you and your God have agreed upon, then who the fuck am I? Yeah. And so I think that's where this stuff gets so complicated to me because in my head, right? It's like, this is a non-negotiable, right? right? Women's rights, human rights, racism, LGBT rights, fat phobia, right? Poverty. These are things that like, they're non-negotiables because in my head, yes, same. are they complex? Yes. Are they gray areas? Yes. But like, are there also very easy ways to be like, that is wrong. Some right? very simple concepts, very basic concepts. Yes. Right. And so I, I do understand the complexities of it, but I also, you know, coming from a place of compassion and love, I feel like it's important to be understanding when it comes to this, but then I'm also like, but the crusades. So I don't know, right? Like I, <laughs> I understand how complicated this yeah, is. Yeah. What advice would you give to a previous version of yourself regarding your, just your experience with spirituality and religion when you were younger? You know, when I was younger, I think, I can't think of anything I would say to like my previous self but I think to like current and future versions of myself, I think just like constantly reminding myself to reevaluate and reflect on what it is that like my, my soul needs, my heart needs, and then not being afraid to like find new ways to nurture that. That's wonderful. I would tell a 16 to 18 year old version of myself that even though you are here, you don't necessarily have to leave immediately. It happens at the time it needs to happen at, basically. Um, because I did learn, I would tell myself, you are gonna learn about the, the types of belief system you would not want to be in. Like, I learned compassion by seeing how the belief system that I believed in then was not truly compassionate. So that taught me that, and that's a really important thing to learn. Uh, also, I learned that there's good and bad people everywhere. Mm -hmm. I was only ever told, everyone here is good. Everyone here is wonderful, you know what I mean? And, and it's like, that's not true. And, and, I, and, I, and by being there, I learned that at the end of the day, we're all just humans, no matter where we are, we're all gonna be good and bad. And we, we each one is good and bad. Like, not just like some are good, some are bad. All are good and bad. That's how we are as humans right now, you know? And and just realizing that I, I you know, that religion was a place where I realized like, hey, people here aren't all good, like I've been told. It's the same way anywhere else. So mm -hmm. just go and be. As long as I'm being the best version of myself to others as I possibly can, um, While well, also extending like grace to yourself, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, like I learned that there. So it's like I had to go through that. I think mm -hmm. you know. So yeah. I would tell myself, just you, you, you end up 
you're leaving when you need to. So just keep doing what you're doing. And then to the to the me now, probably the same as what you said. Like keep keep being spiritual on your own terms. You know what is it you need right now? Be okay and be comfortable with that. You said something about how maybe you were uh, conditioned to believe this one way, but a lot of things that. Even now, I, I try and consider regarding spirituality. Sometimes I'm like, no, I don't want to learn about that, or I don't know about that. I'm uncomfortable with that. It's because of the way I was conditioned. So I, the message to me right now would be like, be watchful of that, and and know when it's coming from a place of how you were conditioned when you were a Christian, when you were in in that uh, religion, um, and reevaluate if you actually really believe that now to action to any listeners i feel like it's a weird one for this one i know final thoughts i guess not like a challenge right or so i guess like just to think right like what's the purpose of all this to you right now right so like i i think right now i believe that like both science and religion it's all just to provide spaces for us to try to figure out why we're here yes. and what we're supposed to do while we're here, right? Like literally, like most of science is just us trying to figure out like, what are we doing here? What is everything, what is everything? right? And like, how do we do it? And why do we do it the way we do it? And religion is similar, right? Like, what are we doing here? How do we do it, right? And so I think like recognizing those things as what they are, you know, and then thinking, what can I use from them? And for me, it's like looking for that piece, right? For other people, it, it might be something else. So, so maybe I would suggest, or like my challenge or whatever would be like, think, think about like what the purpose of, of spirituality is in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, why does it look that way? You know, um, why do you believe that? Yeah. Uh, my, my, uh, I, not so much a challenge, like you were saying, uh, it's more like, I guess a message is like, look inside and think what things about myself that I'm hurting are bringing out the worst in me and making me hurt others because I don't want to hurt people. I mean, I hope people would, would feel that way. I don't want to hurt people. What if I am not knowing and then, and then have that not be guided by what you've heard, but more so, but, but what feels good inside, you know, that. because at the end of the day, like for me, it's not so much what this religion or this organized belief set says. It's about like, you know, do you really feel good treating someone X, Y, and Z ways? Exactly. I love that. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Also, we'd like to remind you that we have only two more episodes left before our season, our first season, wraps up. We'll see you on the next episode.